Ask God if you should step in the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. Well, it's good to be back. It's oh, good to so be back. Soon. Oh, I just feel like I just left. I, I just did a interview, actually a panel on RT news. And, uh, it was, it was super interesting. The, we talked about AI and the effects in the, you know, whether or not there was going to be a war of AI against AI across the, across the globe. And I said that AI is something that we're just hearing about certain pieces that have been around for a long time, just like quantum computers. They've been around for a long time. They've used them to create situational outcomes. Um, This is not something new. This is something that governments have been using for quite some time. But the the thing that I thought was interesting is that we had two other panelists, one of which I don't know why he was on. They they chose him from, you know, some nation that obviously doesn't know what AI is. I think they probably thought it was apples and Indians. Um, But... uh, (laughs) I, I laughed just a little bit about it, but it, and the other guy was this guy that worked for the New York Times as a Russian um, correspondent, lives in Russia, works on an Israeli news network as well out of Russia, and his name was John Varola, Varoli, and he was outstanding. And he talked about what we did in Iraq and you know some of the private wars, and and so anyway, I'll, I'll put up that uh, I'll put up that uh, panel that I was on, but it's always good to be on there because. You get to get a feel for what the rest of the world, what normal people think about, and not this radicalization that's happening in our country. I don't think it's liberal versus conservative, and I said that. I think that we're dealing with something that's good versus evil, and obviously evil's captured some parts of our apparatus as of late. But we, we have a great guest today. I don't want to keep her waiting. And, um, you know, uh, we've, we've had her on before. There's a bunch of things we want to talk about. I certainly want to talk about or talk to some of the other things such as Ukraine. Um, but obviously working the problem with um, what we talked about this morning, somebody would, uh, yeah. She told me we'd work the problem on the air. So we're gonna work the problem on the air. Uh, without any further ado, let's let's welcome Tori to the show. Tori, welcome to the show. I'm welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> How are you guys? Always good, always good. You know, you said that you had a debate about AI, right? And um, it's important for a lot of people to understand that AI in the the hands of wrong people, in the wrong people's hand can be very destructive because AI doesn't have eyes to see or ears to hear. And so therefore it goes by the input provided and then will drive solutions. Um, You know, I'm of the fact that AI is already running things here and has been for a very long time and you know it's really important for people to remember god is depicted in the clouds and so is ai we need to ensure not to mistake in one for the other that's important yeah you know it's funny it's funny that you said that because one, one of the things i said is that ai does not have a conscience it can't feel it can't it can't see the detriment or the degradation of society or people. It can't make a decision based on morals or ethics. It can only make a decision on how it wins. And AI always wins. It always gets to a finality of trying to figure out what the highest probability of success is for any situation in the op, 
anything that you could be. Sounds like me an hour ago. Yeah, I thought I put it on. (laughs) My phone would not stop an hour ago. (laughs) But, and and neural networks, and, and this is one of the things that I said on this, is that neural networks can operate in tandem. You can have different brains working that worked collectively together. We call it sleeper cells in the United States and how we've been able to condition people to follow things like putting on a mask or, or other things. We, we've used this, this AI, we've used this predictive kind of output. Uh, you know, I call it values, propensity and probability values when we're talking about outputs related to putting information for someone to consume a product or service um, in technology. But in this case, that, that output that they're actually creating can switch gears. So you could have two different brains operate, two different personalities, as you would, a- operating, and that are in direct competition with each other, and they could be taught differently, and you could trigger one of those other brains or one of those other personalities to pop up at some specific time. And the reality of it is much like rootkits that you have in, in websites, it only enacts itself when it enacts itself. This is why I talk about the dangers of you know, Dominion voting systems and ESNS and Smartmatic is because it is not the function, the, the, it is not the primary function of the system to, to devolve and take away the vote of the people. That's not, that's not the, the base function. It's all the sub-functions that are built that allow it, I call them gates, the gates that were built that stop a system from performing from end to end the task of giving you, frank, frankly, the math, right? Just the output variable. And so we don't know what the input or output variables are because in the middle of it at two o'clock in the morning, they shut the system down, pull it back up, which by the way, they don't have to do anymore. And now they just decide to shut it down and count for seven days. But and then the variable can change by doing things like uh, mail-in ballots that don't have any transparency and rely on a third party that can create chaos, US Postal Service, and, and uh, boxes that are not watched from end to end and don't have a chain of custody uh, in them. And they rely on human condition that we're dealing with people who are honorable. And so AI has the same output probability, propensity to be manipulated. And you say in the wrong hands if you'd use for evil, well, I would tell you right now that it's inherently, that there's an inherent part of human nature that evil hangs around evil people. And so if you have one evil person, who are they going to hire? Who are they going to put in their, in their midst? Who are they going to put in their company? And that is the type of ethos that those companies and or governments operate from. We've seen that time and time again in the United States and around the world where people have killed their people with, with, for less. And AI now doesn't have a conscience and doesn't have any sort of ability to be held accountable, much like the people are. And so you're right. They are using it now, and now they just don't care what the outcome is or daring us to come for them. Well, yeah, well, it's our collective responsibility to hold them accountable for that, right? It's extremely important and imperative that people understand the dangers of AI because you can't tell the difference. No one knows if what they're watching right now on their screens is an avatar or me. And that's the way it is. You know, not only that, you know, you don't even know if the people that you're watching on TV are real. No, I can see you. It's definitely you. I'm no, just but it's, saying, it's a good know. no it's a good point though because like they have patents for this stuff like sports and newscasters they kind of throw it in your face i mean if we're being honest we see all the wag the dog stuff with the wars even some of that footage uh there's been some footage of supposed conflict zones that looks really sus to me like what oh, percentage okay. well, of what, what we're watching is real at all 
Right. But what about the patent for the athletes that they're all going to be virtual? So you're going to see, you know, your favorite athlete and you're going to go for a game, but it's going to be digital. So you're going to be watching it from home. How do you know that they really exist? It could be just an upgraded FIFA game or NBA on your PlayStation will look like people. And, you know, this is, this is important, but other than that portion of what is real and what is not, it is who makes the decisions. You know, uh, I remember when Alvin Bragg dropped his, you know, whole indictment against President Trump. I said that was written by AI. It was proven to be true. And more people in New York got caught using an AI to write, you know, their own, you know, indictments. Uh, people are using AI a lot more because it can crunch more data. And yes, it's fantastic. It can solve problems that may take a human being, you know, an eon to do, right? But on the other hand, the actions of the AI are in the hands of its creator. So it's not so much that the AI is, uh, you know, without a conscious or seeing people as simple variables that it needs to eliminate, um, it is who programmed it and what kind of variables did they place in there as someone who has dealt in predictive analytics, you know, I've always said human beings cannot be treated as absolute variables, but nodes, um, and human behavior is that is, um, even more unpredictable because right when you think that you've actually sussed out one population or one group of people that can flip on you like that. Um, because human emotion does not operate in a linear fashion as um, the output of AI would provide. So um, that's a stellar conversation talking about AI, considering it's already here and people are being made aware of it. You know, and if people actually read the HAVA Act, they would see that the whole goal of that bill that was passed was to do what? Have us internet voting. That's the end game. That is but the answer. You know, it's it's uh, it, it's difficult. It's difficult for me to see. It's it's difficult for me to see all the things that I've seen and have done when it relates to AI and machine learning. And by the way, machine learning is not AI. Machine learning is a part of AI, but it is not AI. It is learning. It's the learning of subsets of information that it uses to find a final output, right? So it can learn about the information that it's fed. The AI platforms that we deal with today are not learning themselves, right? So AI is supposed to be infinite to the degree of the brain minus any, any sort of emotional and or I call it the soul, the soul of it, which is the mores of society. It is trained to see what those, those boundaries are, which means we have not fully released an AI brain. We have not because an AI brain is almost inherently going to do whatever we haven't. I mean, it doesn't exist. There is, there's not, I can tell you right now that, that an AI platform that is, it is infinite would, would, would literally have the ability to take over other servers, other systems would be able to plant seeds like babies. Right. And they have purposely kept those things contained. I've look, I've read every article about AI over the last 10 years. And, and uh, I, I started reading about it when Elon Musk started talking about it. So I think they have the ability to let things ride. But I think that they also recognize that if you did that and you didn't give it parameters and it read about history and it did its own assessment, it would find that the human race would need to be exterminated because it's trying to exterminate itself. Does that make sense? 
self-sabotage. But, you know, in respect to AI, there are a lot of projects that the government has conducted. There could be already people walking around that have merged with AI. You know, um, there are stories out there of people that have been part of experimental trials that have received upgrades and then had them removed or terminated. You know, these are real things that are happening. And um, there, you know, we have Elon's Neuralink, but we also have another company in Spain that is working on integrating the human brain. And guess what they're using for a conductive, I guess, piece? Graphene oxide. And they have been working on that for a very long time because graphene itself has RFID properties and high connectivity and does not have any, um, I would say, detrimental biological effects. It integrates with your DNA, which is uh, basically phosphorus, nitrogen, hydrogen, oxygen, um, and, uh, you know, and carbon, of course. And it integrates very well. And th there's another team in Spain that's working on a Neuralink, but without inserting a device, but endogenously reconstructing DNA to be able to be receivers, almost like Wi-Fi. Well, and by the way, if you have the ability to do that, you also have kill switches. You have the ability to terminate the life of whatever that graphene oxide is in. So that that's probably one yes. of the biggest weapons that they can use is that Graphene oxide can also take on the form of razor blades. It can take on the form of it can take on the form of a lot of different things that can kill its host. Right? It's it's meant to be a controlling mechanism and has been um, in other uh, studies and other things that they've done around the world as well. So um, that that's that that's enough to make people really sick because it, they found graphene oxide in um, vaccines. Okay, so I'm curious about that because, yeah, you said that quite some time ago. Everyone played stupid and called everyone crazy for saying graphene might be there. Now, I mean, I don't know, on the surface level to me, it kind of looks like now they're reversing course and going like, oops, we found graphene because they kind of have to admit it in order for them to, I'm assuming, roll out what they want to do next. Well, they have to because here, here's the issue. The whole graphene um, was something that I had clocked onto uh, in the early 2000s. I didn't understand it much, but I was fortunate enough to be in proximity with a person who sold their patent to Argon Labs, um, mass producing it. You know, graphene oxide is very expensive. You know, just a piece of tape with a few things of dust is, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And I was actually, <laughs> I befriended the guy who found a method to mass produce it. And guess where he did it? In his garage in a red cup. Right. And this is 2015, 2014, 2015. I just happened to be, you know, his friend. Um, I befriended him after meeting him online through a biotech, you know, discussion. And yeah, so this isn't something that I wasn't aware of. Uh, graphene oxide and graphene in general has been used um, by Starbucks um, for its RFID properties. They would be inserting it um into their products in california in order to see where all their customers were coming from so they could see um you know where the customers would sequester back from the store so they could you know determine where to place another starbucks and because you know it has a good decay rate it's not it doesn't have any contraindicators that are apparent and ingesting it is completely different i mean 
there's stuff out there where people would put Jesus toast with graphene or owls. And I've been showing my audience this since 2018 um, to prepare them for what was to come. Um, it's not, it's science. It's real science. And a lot of people like to sweep it under the rug and go into these weird directions. But, you know, at least they didn't use CRISPR. They used something completely blind, which is mRNA. And, you know, here we are. We can't even program properly in Python. We're going to start molecular programming. That's even crazier, right? If you think about it. You know, I've so. so go ahead, Joe. No, no, no. Finish your thought. Because my thought is going to be about what the effects are of graphene. So I, I want to. I want to hear this. Okay. So my question is actually about the graphene because you know I've heard you say the Starbucks thing a few times, um, and. The obvious conclusion would be they have some way that they can, just by it being in your system with whatever signals that they're using already or some kind of technology, they know exactly where everyone's going. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense that they would use that to uh, track movement to say they were putting a new Starbucks. So um, like when it comes to surveillance or some of the things that people are, are talking about or afraid of and some of the things they want to do, it would make sense that anyone who's gotten a shot or been in touch with this graphene is essentially traceable at all times with some kind of remote sensing technology, or I don't know. Um, so I'm kind of wondering if there's going to be a reveal on that, or they're just kind of try and play it off as they roll out CBDCs or what? Are you talking about the graphene tracking capabilities? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's already out there. Emory University has done a lot of studies. So has Wake Forest. Uh, these are really old studies. Uh, I remember when um, in early March when they were talking about the virus, which we still have yet to see a live strand isolated, whatever they had put up digitally as the um, makeup, the RNA makeup of the virus, right, in order for people to find vaccines, um, it seemed really weird because it had 33 adenine tails. And that was kind of um, not normal. For an RNA conglomerate of a virus, considering I do actually have a degree in molecular and cellular biology. So when I had some random pundit who has no education telling me that I didn't know what I was talking about, at that point I just turn off and I'm like, okay, you know best. But what was weird is you could see that there was a graphene scene. So when, um, when I had uh, gone to um, a study uh, with the lab when I was at TGen, right, um, down in Arizona, I worked at that lab for a federal work study for about six months. Um, there was like this breakout thing. And because I was a mature student over 30, um, I, you know, they needed to fill the quota. So I kind of used the card, right? And when I went to that laboratory, what they were trying to do is recreate life. Um, and they would call that PNA. And they utilize graphene on a lot of those things in order to make things stick. So that's where I was introduced more hands-on into the way that was being used by Stanford um, to manipulate molecular um, bonds between, you know, organic molecules. So that was quite interesting. Um, you know, I, didn't, I, I just went to that breakout group only because, you know, I was there, why not? And more knowledge is good, right? And they were trying to copy what Craig Bentner did um, in regards to manipulating genetic code. Uh, like he did, ExxonMobil paid him 
billions of dollars to change um, um, microbrachiarium genitalium, which is responsible for UTIs, into a... Um, a bacterium that will spit out fuel, <laughs> basically. So he was trying to change the genetic code to make this bacterium that gives you a UTI, that's literally the bacterium for UTIs, right? To put it in your tank and make fuel. Um, but what he discovered was that even though he took the simplest form of bacterium, huh? What he discovered is a bad idea. <laughs> well, you know, well, what he discovered was that genetics isn't so good. Remember, Craig Bentner was on the Human Genome Project. He was one of the two guys that decoded the whole genome, remember, back in the 90s, right? And he's a high school dropout. He's just really smart, though, right? And, and some things people are just more, you know, in tune to understand and grasp. So what he realized was is even though he got a mycobacterium, which means there's no cellular wall, so it makes it a more simplified organism. And it's mitochondrial, well, its DNA is like mitochondrial, it's circular because it's a bacteria. Even though he identified all, all the virulent genes that would cause virulence, like to cause infections, even when he removed them, for whatever reason, when that bacterium was put into nature and outside of a controlled environment, it was still virulent. Which means there's a lot we don't know about our genetic code. That should have been an alarm bell to all these idiots out there using computers to make mRNA vaccines to understand that obviously you do not understand how genetics work. So there's a lot so, of crosstalk and we have transposons. No one's taking that into effect. So this vaccine, when people say mRNA vaccines, even Elon says it, mRNA vaccines are the future of the world. Yeah, if you know what code you're writing in, these people don't know the code. How are you going to write a program? Because that's basically oh. what the RNA vaccine is to manipulate your BIOS or your general software, right? When you don't even know what code it's written in. So it's, it's yeah. pure insanity, you know, when, when I see it. It's pure insanity when I hear things online when people are talking about these mRNA vaccines because we can simplify it to computing that a lot of people understand. And I'm sorry, Joe, but if I was to give you a bio system of some, I don't know, uh, OS called TikTok, and then I'm like, hey, I need you to manipulate TikTok to glow blue every now and then, you know, and then you're like, all right, I'm going to write a code. How are you going to write that code if you don't know what the OS software is about? Yeah, so so I want to, if I, if I could say this, there was a... You know, a couple of things. I'm going to go backwards for a minute because I want to. I want to. I want to address something that you said, and uh, that that is what graphene oxide has the capability of doing. Number one, we saw blood clots that were fall that were, that were spread. It's called thrombogenicity, gen, genicity, and that that is basically blood clots that get created. It's like on demand. It's like blood now clots my on demand. Suffering from that, from getting the vaccine and the boosters. Yeah, so, so and actually it doesn't typically take effect until you actually get one and then you get another one, right? Because you don't have enough from that initial, that initial uh, uh, vaccine for it to take effect, but a secondary one you do. Now, here's what happens with this is it literally creates microclots all throughout your system. And that microclots actually leads to um, 
uh, fibrosis inside of your veins. So it like lines the, 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 the side of your walls, almost like screening, right? Your walls become smaller, 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 smaller. until all of a sudden you've seen this in some of the patients where they've pulled out these long pieces. Well, that's all, you know, that, that, that's all caused by uh, graphene oxide. And that's, by the way, something that they've known for years. And the toxicity of graphene oxide in your blood is, is huge. And it takes a very small amount in order to interfere with what you call the bios of your body. Right, and then your it basically tricks your body into breaking down different aspects of your blood, which is the life center that carries all your oxygen. And so when it does that, it starts breaking into your plasma and changing the the structure of your of your plasma. Then you have these these kind of fatal breakdowns of your organs, tissues, immune system. And and by the way, I'm not a doctor, so I shouldn't understand this, right? But I love to read. I love to dive into these things. And anybody out there that wants to listen to what I'm saying and, and, and combat what I'm saying, that this is not true. There was a Harvard study in 2016. There was another one that was done at Stanford Medical School in 2019. There was a, a study that was done just recently in 2022 that was shut down. Um, and that came out of, uh, oh, man, what was it? What was it? It was a medical school on the East Coast. I, I'll find it. So, so you guys can get a hold of it. But they shut down that medical study on graphene oxide because they knew, in my opinion, they knew what they were going to have to review and they were going to have to divulge in this year. And that is the graphene oxide was a part of the, uh, what do they call binding elements of the uh, mRNA vaccines. Well, That's it one. was necessary. I wanted to say you can identify that, Joe, and you're right that they probably stopped the study because you remember how cold they kept the vaccines? No. Do you remember that? Well, you have to That's because to, it Yeah, to keep exactly the integrity exactly. of, of oh. the graphene with the proteins so they don't mix and, and clog. So, yeah. you know, th that's a big deal. That is a very big deal because then the graphene oxide um, actually decays at a higher rate um, if it doesn't find its target host, meaning that it doesn't integrate. So if you had a vaccine that was outside of the freezer and it wasn't suspended. I don't think graphene oxide degrades. It actually never fully degrades. That's one of the problems. It actually it. does. No, wrong. It does. If it's not integrated into a biological system, it degrades. Um, and this is why Starbucks so successfully uh, utilized it as a, as a way to track where clients would go. Um, and it also depends on the mode of transmission, right? And what directive it has. If it's ingested, it's in and out. And there's a fast decay rate um, when, you know, in, depending on, you know, the mode of transmission. In this case, keeping it suspended in the cold and integrated with specific proteins and the vector they had it in, well, that gave it a job. And its job? was to integrate to specific genetic qualities. And that's why we saw that we have an uptick in soft tissue cancers. That would be pancreatic, liver, um, intestinal, uh, the thrombosis, right? The thrombogenesis, basically, right? And um, cardiac failure. You know, we're having a lot of um, myocarditis. Uh, it's targeting soft tissues and gap junctions. That's what I noticed. And the reason I say the gap junctions is because the heart tissue uses, you know, gap junctions to communicate. So, um, and even though the intestines and stuff don't really have gap junctions, I mean, they kind of do, but they don't. It's the type of tissue and the communications that they have neuronally that I see we're targeting. And then you have to question, what if they successfully transpire and cross the blood brain barrier? Then we have a problem. We have yeah, a big well, problem. I mean, that, 
Uh, and again, I think the, the reason why this is so, this is so important for us to have a conversation about, and I know we're going to switch gears and go back to the Pentagon Papers, which I do want to get into. And then I want to talk about our friends. Uh, so we're going to have to work that problem too. But the uh, reason why I, wanted to, I think it's important for us to talk about this is because good in the hands of evil can always do evil things to good, right? And, and what we're seeing here now is that everything that they are doing, they're acting with impunity. They just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And good people, we just, we just want a life, liberty, pursuit, happiness, right? We've lived our lives trying to figure out a way to, to take care of our families, love our friends, go eat beer and pizza and make some brisket, have some fun, build some fellowship, praise God, do all those things. And now that there's an interference that's happening and we don't know how to deal with it because Evil loves to degrade and it lives its life. It literally wakes up every day and thinks, how can I screw with someone? Well, the apparatuses in our country have literally lived their life that way. They, they've created this sim environment, quite literally sim environment that allows for people to do really bad things to people. And so we got to talk about what's happening with big pharma, because frankly, I think that it's, it's bigger than just, you know, snake venom and all that stuff. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, well, yeah, it is. And, you know, we saw that the olfactory was targeted. That's the only exposed neuronal access that you have, right? Those are, that's your brain exposed. Your olfactory is the only part of your brain that's exposed. And so now we know what their actual target is. And those that could not smell and taste are part of the first cohort of targets. So I was lucky that that never affected me. I don't know how many are out there, you know, um, yeah, but if you lost sense of smell and taste because of no sense of smell, then, you know, you're part of their first cohort. Yeah, well, I, I know that I lost taste, smell. Uh, my oxygen level dropped to below 70. Spent two weeks, literally. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. So you want to shift gears and go Ukraine? Uh, 1000%. I just got off an RT deal. So it was interesting. They were talking about what's happening in Ukraine, blowing up a bridge, doing some really bad things to people. So I want to, uh, I definitely want to dive into that. Let's, but, but I want to start well, with this video about Crimea you, for a second. Can I just say something uh, on Crimea? So yeah. they blew up the Crimean bridge, right? Yeah. Which is Crimea's Russia. Right? With civilians on it. Right. But do, yeah. do you know that Hunter Biden actually did business with Crimea while we had sanctions on them. And did you know that he was really, really upset that the cargo he had coming from Russia, that's your real Russian collusion right there, okay? Um, customs wouldn't let it through. So speaking of Crimea, those are facts. Now let's go to Ukraine. I mean, tell me what you think is going on in Ukraine. I mean, aside from the child you know, organ trafficking and Zelensky begging for money, but then on the other hand, not saying thank you either. Um, lobbying for F-16s and Pence saying that the Americans aren't his business, Ukraine is. <laughs> um, you know, what is your take on exactly what is going on? Because it's getting really stupid now. Well, number one, I think that Russia is not only going to win, but they're going to annihilate Ukraine and then come for U.S. interests. So I think that what we're seeing happen in, across the world as far as sanctions, the United States has acted with impunity and pushed on nations in order to get access to resources and to act like the bully on the bully pulpit. I think that's going to come back to, to bite us in the butt. 
I think personally that Russia is taking a very measured approach to what's happening in Ukraine, but I think they're losing interest and losing their patience. While Ukraine is sending people to the front lines to be churned through the meat factory and, and murdered with impunity. They don't, these young men, they don't want to be on the front lines. They don't want to be actually out there fighting their, their brothers in Russia. And many of them are, are picked up in trucks, thrown into a, a, a deal train for two weeks and then put on the front line to take a bullet. So I think that uh, what's happening with Ukraine is that they are doing exactly what Ukraine has done to many people of their own people, from Donbass to Donetsk area to uh, Crimea. They're, they're killing innocent people. They're acting with impunity. They are literally Nazis. They, there is no difference between and the United States backing it and that that we dealt with in World War II with a wild, massively uh, psychotic um, uh, Adolf Hitler. There's no difference between the two, in my opinion. And well, the way that know, they are acting is just this basic sensibility. You know what doesn't make sense? Russia can annihilate Ukraine within like two hours. One airstrike and it's game over. Okay? The surrounding EU nations aren't even going to get involved. Okay? They're just pretending they are. Right? They all have little tiny knives and no weapons. Okay? Yeah. So then... The question is, Putin tiny knows other things. No. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, Putin knows this. He knows that he can eradicate them within a couple of hours. And there will not be any question to that. So why are we playing this game? And if he's not really doing anything, but it's kind of like, you know, the tail of a horse swatting a fly, basically, right? Then why are they sending all these people? Where are they going? What's really going on? Those are the questions Americans should be asking themselves because it's nonsensical. In a heartbeat, I'm telling you, tops 90 minutes, and that's giving an extra hour, okay? They would be like paste, right? Like paste. They would be wiped off the map instantly with a couple of errors. So, you know what? again, what's really going on is the question here. Because yeah, we're not being told what's going on. It makes no sense and it's getting very stupid, very quick, with a lot of money and no weapons. But do, but do you know why they're doing it that way? Do you understand the, the why behind it? I mean, I, I mean, obviously, you probably understand why more than most. But the why has to do with calculated move in order to eliminate, uh, you know, civilian casualties. Well, now that they know that Ukraine is just basically putting civilians on the front line to, to act as human meat shields. You know, I, I think that Putin is coming to a different realization that they are going to do whatever they can. They're going to blow up the, the, the uh, Nord Stream pipeline two, three. They're going to do everything they can to disrupt people so that those people become angry. What the United States is actually doing is the same thing that they have done for decades, create chaos and hope that people will submit or turn against the people that are actually being hurt by the U.S. itself. You can talk about, I mean, I'll use this as an example because I think it's a great example. In Sudan, we had sanctions, right? So they were a sanctioned nation. President al-Bashir was prevented from flying anywhere. They had Boeing planes they couldn't get parts for, right? Remember that? Okay, now check, out, check this out. Planes were falling out of the sky with civilians in them. So the U.S. State Department said, well, the reason why we're doing this is because if the people become pissed off because all their family members die because planes fall out of the air, because of sanctions, because they can't get parts and they're using duct tape where they needed to use a part, then, then they will actually overthrow the government and we won't have to do it. That, that's, the, that's the mindset behind the State Department is to cause so much turmoil, 
so much death and destruction and so much misery that the people turn against their leaders for oil. Well, you know, Putin sees the Ukrainians as Russians, right? Because the Ukrainians are really like the Cypriots are to the Greeks, like the mass, like like the people of Crete are to the Greeks. They're all one people. It's just that they have a different dialect, you know, and a larger portion, right? Cyprus is a whole separate island. Crete is a whole separate island, right? Crete is still under the Greece, Greece's banner, but Cyprus was coaxed by the Brits to become independent, then became British. They wanted to become independent. When they did that, they let the Turks take half of it. That's another story. But the Russians see the Ukrainians as Russians, and they do not want to kill people that they see as Russians, right? They're their own people. They're thinking, we're going to fix this. We're going to pacify this. You know, for those that are going to fight and they hate us, well, then too bad you're in the way. But they haven't actually declared war. But what I'm seeing is, is a lot of patients from Russia. They've thrown missiles at them. We blew up their pipeline, which I said years ago was going to happen, right? Um, We take out the Crimean Bridge, which is vital for supply, right? They tried to hijack the Bosphorus, and they're going to try it again. Watch. And, you know, they sent in the Wagner group. What a weird ass operation that was. They like went down to Moscow, 200 kilometers away. They're like, oh, we're just going to go back into the woods. And it's like, what the hell is going on here? And everyone suddenly became a Russian intelligence specialist. And they were talking out there behind because half of the people talking don't even know what PMCs are. And now the Chechens are up. So it's game over for the Ukrainians. It's literally game over. So where's the money going if they don't have weapons? That's the key question. And they're getting so much money, you know, so you're writing a check and you're like, here you go, Ukraine, check. But then our government doesn't know how many checks they wrote and where that money went. What what say you on that? Well, I think I think we have to look at a couple things. One, first of all, let's play this first. This is uh, this is the video that you had that you put up a couple of days ago. I shared it, and uh, I think it's a little bit of shock and awe, but uh, it's like saying the quiet part out loud. Let's go ahead and play cut B one. Clearly, this is a violation of federal laws. So, does the FBI not know? Does the Pentagon not know where that money went? Of course it does. And we do too. The next shipment leaving the Great Lakes for Ukraine is in the fall. The more you know. We're rolling. All right. All right. Here we go. I'll have it in my handbag recording. All right. I'll see you in a bit. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Three characters. Two female. One Ukrainian but not speaking. Another not Ukrainian at all. And a male who is not Ukrainian. And all received the same response. How are they part of the NCUA if they're violating the basics in regards to discrimination due to ethnicity. I just moved to the neighborhood and I wanted to look into opening up a checking account. Yeah, a national based account, it's a Ukrainian bank. 
we we don't open account for Americans. Well, I um I can't have Ukrainian citizenship and American. I can only have American. I I understand. I, I oh, where that missing money from the Pentagon went. Maybe we should look at the bank that doesn't allow U.S. citizens to obtain products while operating within the United States and a member of the NCUA. Sounds like I should sue because I was discriminated against. But that's not the point. Hey, Christopher Ray, we did your job. We didn't even get paid for it. Absolutely love that spoon, by the way, whoever sent it to me. Okay. The pot stir. Now, you want okay, to know so what we did, Joe? Do you want to know? No, I, I don't at all. Yes, I do want to know. Yes. Come on. You were there when I started this whole operation. Do you know when? Remember when we were in New York? Yeah. Who was I talking to? Paul Gosar, right? Yeah. What conversations did I, I think I told you that Apollo, didn't I? Mm -hmm. When we were in New York, what was I saying? I told him to check the checkbook, right? Because there's yep. something fishy going on there, right? Remember? And he goes, yeah, it might be. And then he looked into it and there you go. You had the announcement that they were missing that money, right? Because I was following that money. And I told him at that meeting where all of us were, that's where we were parlaying. I said, I'd like you to take a look into that money because it's gone. Well, me and my friend that you guys have met that I work with and I never mention, right? Um, uh, he went first and tried to open up a bank account. And see, here's the cool thing that they've done. It's like this. Let's pretend there's two Bank of Americas, right? Identical. Blocks away from each other. One Bank of America says we only open up accounts to Chinese. No Americans. And then the other Bank of America was like, we only do Chinese, but you can pay a membership fee. Do you see where I'm going with this? Oh, yeah. Now, one, the bank that does not allow U.S. citizens to open up an account, no matter what, you have to be Ukrainian. And at that point, I'm going to say, because I went pretending I'm Ukrainian that doesn't speak English in that, in that go, right? Um, I wanted to say the 25th uh, Amendment of the Ukrainian Constitution says you can't have to dual nationality. But I stopped myself. I just said, oh, I can't have Ukrainian and American. I was going to go into the whole nerd mode and be like, hey, 25th Amendment of Ukraine says you can't have dual citizenship. But I didn't. I, I withheld the fun fact and continued and asked questions like, hey, my boyfriend's not Ukrainian. And, you know, maybe he wants to open it. But I'm Ukrainian, which I would have had to bring evidence that my parents were Ukrainian, um, but my boyfriend couldn't get it unless he was married to me. Like they were very stringent, the only Ukrainians. And here's the other weird part. They have no products. It's just a basic, basic account with like a booklet for deposits. So, so it's money laundering. Well, that's what I was trying to get to. I was trying to observe how many, how many people that's were there cool. and how staffed. Yeah. What's the, and what's the name Self-reliance. What? Self-reliance. Self-reliance. But the specific one, the specific one that we have, Joe, um, its entity at the Secretary of State's office has been dead for a couple of years. Um, 
it's no longer part of an ink. It is now um, unknown, um, I guess, into where it sits. Um, it's linked to a specific church in the U.S. where the priest is actually part of the Ukrainian military. And so it gets even weirder than that. Um, we went on and started asking questions around the community, kind of trying to integrate like we were new neighbors. And um, one thing we found out is that uh, there are shipments that leave with specific boats from Cleveland port all the way to Ukraine and also tankers that come in from Ukraine to Cleveland. And that was a little bit alarming considering they were so open to say, hey, our next shipment leaves in the fall. So if there's anything you want to send to Ukraine. Um, and I was like, you mean like help? Like, like stuff, like clothes, you know, the ditzy question someone would ask, right? They were like, yeah, I guess so. Or if you want to send any pets or other things that can help them during the war. And I was like, other things like what? And I wanted to say, do you want me to send guns? But I didn't ask that because it would have been super red flag. The lady was also, you know, a little bit concerned because I kind of slipped, you know, when she said, what's your name? And I was like, it's Ludmilla. And then, and then, and then, you know, I had to be reminded by the person next to me, you're not supposed to be speaking Ukrainian. And I was like, shit, <laughs> let's get back into character. Cause I was really into this. Cause I was thrown off. They had GoFundMes for adoptions on their wall. They were asking money to move children to Poland from Ukraine. And I was thinking, what is in the world is going on here? And then we went to this other place. Did you know that there's actually a Ukrainian museum in Ohio? I kid you no. not. What? I kid you not. And the person that runs Since it when? is friends with yeah, is friends with Zelensky and wrote a foreword for Zelensky's book. So Here's the fun part. The way I tracked that money was Kolomoinsky. As you know, Kolomoinsky was raided across the street. And I had raised concerns to the person I work with in respect to um, that money of Privat Bank. And so it was linked to a specific company that does, I would guess, um, mortgages. And then that company has identical companies that do the shit that Biden used to do, art. And then some other stuff. So Kolomoinsky got raided, right, the owner of Privat Bank, but nobody got money in the FBI. They confiscated buildings, parts of the hotel, a building in Kentucky. They have a 25-year-old Israeli dude in Miami that ran his stuff. It was just a whole cluster. I've been actually trying to reach out with George Webb, which, by the way, I don't agree with everything he says at all. But in respects to Ukraine, he was pretty spot on with Kolomoinsky. Only thing is, he didn't know where that money went. And I think I know. It's probably the bank that's off the books. Like, how do we have banks operating here off the books? How do they posture signs of NCUA that, mind you, were extremely dusty? <laughs> it was a very dusty bank. <laughs> um, but not open up accounts based on ethnicity that's a violation of law right there you know a lot of people say oh you know it's a it's a thing that credit unions do yeah but you can pay like the five dollars or something what is it to buy yeah, so me, you know what i mean this, this is this is actually on their sites so i want to i want to bring this up i put it inside of the comments if you would just grab that for us at self-reliance credit union you typically can pay five dollars it says here under membership 
Becoming a member of Self-Reliance Federal Credit Union is easy with a minimum $5 deposit to fund your savings account and a $5 association membership. You can become a member, visit any one of our locations if you need to follow information to become a member. So it, it shows that you can become a member. So you're saying that what they have on the website is not real? What I'm telling you is that when we went to the Self-Reliance branch that was down the road, identical to the one that we went to, same name, but different entity, that one said we could pay the membership. The one we went to said no membership. Okay, where was that? Where was that one at? Do we have an address for that one? I don't yeah, know. we do. I pull it up right now because I know I'm headed to a meeting at 7. So, yes, we do. And they're only blocks away blocks away from each other. And the thing is, the address that dictates where this entity is looks like it was dead in 1995. There is no record of it at the Secretary of State's office. It's been incorporated into a nonprofit separate from that self-reliance bank. That's the point. I mean, we've been working on this for a very long time, following the trucking industry uh, that they have dominated throughout the U.S. Like, I don't know where they're sending all these Ukrainians. They have organized OSINT groups to find intelligence, and apparently it's the DOD hiring Ukrainian refugees to do work about Ukraine for them, and tells them that they don't need an and they don't need any clearance or anything, and they're showing their badges as working for the DOD on freaking these social media groups. Like we have all that, like yeah. you know, we have all of that. So the, the concern that I have is this is a crime. This is something that Christopher Ray should be looking at. And one thing is I'm thinking of, you know, uh, um, my lawyer's on vacation right now. So I'm thinking either to get with Attorney General Yost um, and tell him, hey, you're supposed to be consumer protection. What's going on here? I want to sue for damages because I was discriminated against for not being the right ethnicity to have consumer products, which is against the law, do something or just file a lawsuit and ask for that stuff, you know, on the premise of discrimination. But on the other hand, we should be extremely concerned that we could have entities like banks or any other entities like Chinese police stations, right, or Ukrainian police stations operating within the United States without any oversight from the federal government, but then pretending that they are covered by federal entities. So when you pull up that website, you're probably referring to the same branch, identical to the one we went to, that allowed us to open an account, but the one that we went to first said no. And they're literally, how many blocks apart? Al, do you remember how many blocks apart they were? Uh, three. Three blocks away from each other. So it might be an essence of obfuscating the one existence to the other because it's only three blocks away. You All right, see? so let's. That's the yeah, yeah. It, nothing surprises me anymore. Right, let, let's. Uh, I want to go through a few more things because I think that, yeah, I mean, I could go down this rabbit hole about this all day long. Matter of fact, I, I want to. I want to go through and try to figure out how we can send a massive number of people down to that particular branch and say, I'd like to open an account. Just have one after the other just walk in with recording devices that are being denied the ability to open an account, right? So they start to figure yes. out that, hey, we're setting you up to make sure we can have you removed. Well, we, the we, they got three of them. They got three of them already. And we recorded. All right, so let's let's look at this. The, the Biden has put out cluster bombs. And then I want to jump into some other stuff. Biden has put out cluster bombs for Ukraine. It obviously 
is a violation, like a massive violation. This is not just a small violation. This is them violating the basic tenets of the rules of war. Um, we have this cut. I want to play it real quick. This B2 Biden says <laughs> that uh, they're low, we're low on it, so we're just going to send them something that can hurt them. Let's play it. What made you uh, change your mind and decide to give them these weapons? Two things, Fred, and it was a very difficult decision on my part. Uh, and by the way, I discussed this with our allies, discussed this with our friends up on the hill. And uh, we're in a situation where Ukraine continues to be brutally attacked across the board by munitions, by these cluster munitions that are, have dud rates that are very, very low, I mean, very high, that are dangerous to civilians, number one. Number two, uh, the Ukrainians are running out of ammunition. Uh, the ammunition that they, they call them 155 millimeter weapons. This is a this is a war relating to munitions, and uh, the running out of those that ammunition, and we're low on it. And so what I finally did took the recommendation of the Defense Department to not permanently, but to allow for in this transition period where we get more 155 weapons, these shells for Ukrainians, to provide them with a, something that has a very low dud rate. It's about one, I think it's 150, which is the least likely to be blowing. And it's not used in civilian areas. President Biden said uh, recently that the U.S. gave cluster bombs to Ukraine in part because the U.S. is low on other ammunition to give the Ukrainians. That's a pretty shocking admission. Uh, is it acceptable to the Biden administration that the U.S. is low on ammunition, and what are you going to do about it? Well, when we came into office, uh, we found that the overall stocks of 155 ammunition, which is the NATO standard ammunition you use for artillery rounds, uh, was relatively low. But more importantly, Jake, we discovered that the ability to mass produce that ammunition would take not days or weeks or months, but years to get to the level that we needed. So the President Biden ordered his Pentagon to work rapidly to scale up the ability of the United States to produce all the ammunition we could ever need for any conflict at any time in the future. We are in the middle of doing that. Yeah. So what, what do you think of that? I mean, we're, what, we're, what we're basically saying is that uh, I talk to our allies, they say it's OK, so we're going to violate international law and we're not going to take into consideration the fact that it'd be, you know, civilian casualties. And oh, by the way, Ukraine, if you want, just go ahead and blow up bridges with with uh, uh, civilians on it. And, you know, we'll let that go as well. I, what is there to say? This is all a show. This isn't a real war. They're sitting at conferences, fist bumping each other. They're pissed off at Russia because they won't play. You know, they won't they won't toe the line like they wanted them to during COVID. They didn't toe the line. Right. They made sure that none of their vaccines came in. Right. They made sure that anything that was happening in Russia, no one talked about because it was none of anybody's business. They kept to themselves and they're keeping their front. They know exactly what's happening and they're using the law as well as they can. And if people remember when President Trump was in office, the one key thing that he would be focusing on is the Arctic and nuclear energy. And that's something that Putin kept saying, hey, we're not talking about the START agreement, you know, the nukes that we have up in space. We need to have these conversations because this could be a problem. We need to stop using weather war technology. A lot of people were like, that's a conspiracy. And it's like, is it? Saudi Arabia was like, look, we just made it rain. And it's like, oh, let me guess. 
That's not real either. So, you know, he talked, President Trump had these conversations. I, in my opinion, I believe this is all a show. And right now, all of these cultists, right, are not aware that they're improvising in a script that has already already been written. This is my assessment. And the only way we can lose this is if the people sit idly and wait for shit to happen. And, and, and that's the biggest problem we have right now. That people have been, you know, told that all you have to do is sit down and it'll all happen for you. There's like, what, less than 10, more than five people that are these big, badass Green Berets that are just going to single-handedly take down an eons-long cult. People are dumb, yes? There are maybe six, seven people, five, more than five, less than 10. They can operate systems, right? But without the people calling this a problem, you know, it's, it's, it's game over. Like if it, if I had a bigger platform, I would have urged everyone to write a letter to the IRS and say this year, I want to declare a Ukrainian family. My money went there. I should be able to claim them on my tax form. Give me tax deductions because you sent my money without asking. And that's the thing. They're going to tell you, well, you know, they're elected. And here we go to the crux of it. We got to fix our elections. None of this is going to fix the child trafficking, the human trafficking, the drug smuggling, the socialism, the, the, the insanity of changing the definitions of word. None of that. None of that. Let's pretend that you arrest like five gangs of kids, kid, kidnappers. Then what? If you have the wrong people in office, the five will be 10 next year, right? So people are focusing on the symptoms of the corrupt system in place rather than focusing on fixing the systemic issue that we have, which is that we do not have appropriate voices. And I urge everyone, look at who in Congress and who in the Senate is still around, right? Or in your state as a secretary of state, as a legislator, as a governor, an attorney general, just take a look and see who was around when they approved Obamacare to share your private health information on a global platform for your convenience. Of course, just in case you're somewhere in the Swiss Alps and you're skiing and you break your leg and you don't speak, you know, Flemish, German or anything that you're going to have to sit there and die. But no, wait, there's more. Obamacare has given them full access to your medical records. So all they have to do is cross-check your DNA on the database and they found your medical records. Do you see how that works? This has been already in place. So anyone saying, we're gonna stop 2030, it's already here. They're on 2063 now. And what we need to do is fix our elections. This is how everything gets fixed, elections. And we gotta get rid of these machines. All right, so let's... Yeah, so no, you're you're absolutely right. I think the machines and the mail-in ballots, we can't forget the mail-in ballots. You cannot forget the mail-in ballots, cannot forget the mail-in ballots. And and by the way, you could solve a lot of these problems by making election day a national holiday. Why did it take 250 years to get to a place where you could make that dead president's holidays? We give everybody else holidays. We give uh what is it called? A Juneteenth whole month to a holiday. Gay community and only a day yeah. to veterans. How cool. Actually, we don't give a whole month to the gay community. We give it to these radical leftist freaks that want to just take away and, and uh, marginalize gay people as well. So pride is, has nothing 
to do with gay population and grooming and what can they do to basically take away just the, the childhood of so many. Um, so, you know, we're, we're in kind of a, a quandary as a country. You know, I, I'll, I'll tell you this story. It's never become more obvious to me that ops were being run on me. And, you know, I'm used to in business actually getting three, four, five into a place where I can uh, predict the outcome of things. And now I look at what's happening now collectively to me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it actually is something I predicted. I predicted that they were going to do what they did to me specifically. And now we're dealing with uh, a, a group of people that want to take credit for this new two platform. And I know I'm switching gears for you, but I know that we're, you know, getting close on time. Uh, but these so people came out. Yeah, we're at minutes. time. We're at time. Yeah, I'm already. Wait, how's it? Why don't we pick this up and talk tech? Manana in the morning. Well, this is, we can definitely do that. But the reality of it is that this, these are people that said that I stole their technology, stole their intellectual property. After talking to my lawyers and going through all the things, this is a shakedown. And people in, in, in our side of the world want to do these shakedowns. And I, and I personally, frankly, uh, just authorize whatever it takes. Now, I, I don't like being told in this case we have people that literally told me that you either do what i say or else or else we'll have a pr nightmare for mike lindell or else we'll make this difficult for you frankly it's going to launch it's going to launch literally in the next two weeks we know it's going to launch we know that the technology on it is solid it's something i've worked on for the last five years and frankly i'm just sick and tired of people taking credit for not my work but to trying to take credit and jump on this train that they can just grab at cash, power, the ability to, to have a legacy on someone else's work. And I'm just disgusted by it, right? Well, that so, happens all the time. But if you're speaking of the specific topic, which we should elaborate on together in the morning, I believe that this is an operation to get the two people that are making distinct products to start pitting at each other because... What better way to silence people than take away new ideas that may promote uh, easier access to information and speech? Yeah, but they, they started by saying that I stole their intellectual property over a 23-minute conversation, which I've never seen their property, never seen their box. This well, I've seen your source. I've seen your, I've seen your algos. So the, I guess that comes down to it, right? Getting attacked for things that I didn't do entire conservative movement i hate it you know why i hate hey, it because Joe, it's not I real was being attacked but for the attorney general coming yeah. after me because i was ratting out the fact that they had chinese people buying up land by the missile silos that they were trafficking children through there and people hung me out to dry now everyone's talking about how there's chinese bases in north dakota and at the border and it's like oh well, I'm sorry, but you're at least six seven years late that's why i was taken to court by the attorney general i get you I feel you more than anything. Or when I see breaking news, graphene oxide in vaccines, and I'm like, what the hell? It's not news. But breaking news, this is happening. It's not happening. This happens all the time, Joe. And usually it's just an operation. So we should have this conversation oh. and elaborate on it, manana, if we can, because I'm already 10 minutes late, because I'm meeting with airline pilots in regards to a trafficking operation. Just so you know. It'll be good to hear they about that. Uh, I, can tell, I, can tell you, I can tell you this story. By the time I'm will not even be a thing. That that's a reality. And I know. And look, I know that you know them. And you know them well. I don't play 
And that's the really the, the reality. I don't play. Right? I know. And I don't. And, and I and I'm not going to put up with people that that uh, you can take shots at me and tell me that I'm a conspiracy theorist. You can tell me that I'm an election denier. You can tell when you talk about the integrity of what I've done over the last 12 years in technology. That's one thing that I'm very, very, very good at. It's one of the reasons why I'm in the. I, I can see what's happening in the elections, and so I, I look at this and I'm. I'm. Uh, I laugh. I laugh because you know, you got Tweedledee and Tweedledum that literally think that I don't even know what they think. I actually still well, don't even know. when Scamtilly's involved with things, that's where we where I have an issue. Okay. When Scamtilly is involved, I have an issue. But again, I would love to elaborate this manana because I have the pilots that flew in and I have to go see them. Right. Great. It's great to have you on. Love you, Tori. Be blessed. It was fantastic being here. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah. God bless. Yeah. Yeah, I have to ask you about the stats and the, the, the number of the, 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 the tactics. Do you believe that you're fighting a fighting?